Welcome, and thank you for listening to the 9-7 Podcast, where we talk about our journey from 9-7 to now. We are your hosts, Richard and Mary Robinson. Though we aren't relationship experts, we've learned a lot along the way since 9-7. Welcome back, guys. Hope you're all doing well. Hey, everyone. So today, we're going to continue in our journey and the last thing that we talked about on our on our timeline was being pregnant and having our first baby back in 2008 so today we're going to talk about life as new parents crazy just crazy (laughs) <laughs> that's 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 your your word for it all. Yeah, because that's the only way to describe it. That's it's funny. It's uh, it's insanity wrapped in a mystery. Yeah, it's a lot that no one ever really talks about. I mean, on the postpartum side of things, you have the, you know, the pain of having had the baby and. You know, you can't walk right for a little while and you're wearing giant diapers. Like, you got to have diapers for yourself and for your baby when you come home from the hospital. Mm -hmm. You know, they'll tell you, oh, just buy some pads or whatever. No, 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 no. You need a whole different situation. Mm -hmm. Luckily, the hospitals, at least the ones, um, I only had babies at two hospitals. Same doctors, but different hospitals. And, um... They supplied me with plenty of what we needed, but of what I needed, but it's still not something that I don't even remember reading in any of the books that I read. So you're dealing with, you know, trying to nurse a postpartum body as a mom and in my instance, breastfeeding and trying to functionally keep another human alive <laughs> mm-hmm. exactly <laughs> and then i'm sure you had your own set of you know responsive responsibilities and things going through your mind too so what was it like for you once we got home because i've heard a lot of men say like their instinct to protect goes into overdrive and like there's certain certain things that change mentally for them um that they didn't expect to to happen once they had their first so yeah i mean for me it wasn't it wasn't necessarily a big a big change because um i've been in at least in my mind i'm very protective of you and of our relationship but i think you know to even before even before that you know when we were expecting and you know, we were talking about it on the last episode, but one of the things I, I didn't mention was, you know, I had went into a hardcore nesting. What Well, what I'm learning is called nesting. Uh, what I learned is called nesting, where you, you know, you just start prepping the environment for what you think you need type situation, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of fallen in, into that pretty hardcore um in trying to make sure things were situated and appropriate or 
thinking about things in a new way with where things were, stuff like that. Um, calling out strange things that I didn't really think about before, like, you know, being an avid gamer, you know, I said, oh, well, what's going to happen to all of these discs at the time, you know, 2008 is like PS3 or whatever. And I'm like, what's going to happen to all these discs once a baby's in the house? Is the baby going to pull them down? Is the baby going to do this? Is the baby going to do that? You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of speculation and, mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, so that that was interesting. But yeah, once once we got home, then yeah, it became a whole lot of things because some of the things that I wasn't prepared for was, you know, just to be completely um, frank is the new things that you needed. You know, like... Um, pads, not only just the diapers, but, you know, uh, the little breast pads or whatever and, and different things like that, or, you know, how you're, um, I didn't realize how quickly you would go through a box of the breast pads. Yeah. Cause I had registered for them and I'd gotten plenty of them at the baby showers that I'd had, but boy, did they go fast. Yeah. And, and even, even simple things like the first time the baby cried and, and you started leaking like that messed me up. I was like, what is this? Like, <laughs> yeah, it was quite this... funny. I didn't know that was going to happen. Yeah, either. exactly. So there's a lot of things like that, that uh, was very much a first time experience for me. And and then in not knowing, you know, that you needed some of those things or what you needed or mood or were you still going to have cravings or your cravings different? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It was a lot of. It was a lot of unknown unknowns and a lot of relearnings in the way of you and I, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Because it, it wasn't necessarily, it was like a new normal is too cliche of a term to really explain it, but right. it, but it, it was that to a, a, a big degree. So um, I think one of the things that I'm most interested in though is uh, how did the, how did the breastfeeding thing go for you? I mean, at first, like, we didn't have issues with any of our children. Um, I know a lot of women have some issues with their children not being able to latch. And Well, the only one we had an issue with was our third, and that's because his tongue had to be clipped just a little bit. Mm-hmm. But the other two, and even after that, it was like I recognized it really quickly because I had had the other two. Mm-hmm. and got it taken care of and then there was no issue so with our first one the only thing that was difficult was it was just painful because there's a certain way that a baby has to latch on for it to not be painful and you don't know if you're if that if they've got it or not at first mm-hmm. and so it, it was painful at first um, until I realized, oh, okay, I need to help him out a little, help her out a little bit, hmm. in order to get it right. And then after that, it was fine. Um, but it was like an adjustment because when babies breastfeed, they eat a lot. Mm-hmm. So like you know the the grandmas in your lives and the moms in your lives will tell you while you're pregnant. Make sure you get as much rest as you can. Or if you if you have your baby in the hospital and the nurses tell you that they're take the baby and, and let them watch, do it. Because 
if you're especially if you're going to nurse i mean even if you don't there's still like a lot of fatigue involved but if you're nursing it's like i felt like i was nursing all the time like i remember there were times where i was just sitting in the bed and just cry because i was like i'm never going to be able to get up ever again in my life and go anywhere because i would it's like the baby eats every two hours two to three hours like clockwork yeah no, let me ask you a question because something you just said. Does that really work? Does sleep work that way? Can you bank up sleep like that? Because no, I feel but like the, that I, didn't work. But the idea is to just inform you that when the baby comes, you're not going to get much. So sleep now, reminisce on that when you're sitting up feeding the baby at 3.30 in the morning. Remember what it was Remember like Remember what sleep. it was like to sleep and just be thankful that you had that time to sleep. But... um. Yeah, it was literally every two to three hours, and it was, um, you know, let's say it's midnight and baby's eating. takes about 30 to 45 minutes to eat on both sides. They fall asleep. They you fall wait. asleep. I might fall asleep. But then that two-hour mark started from the time they started eating, not from the time they went to sleep. So if they... Let's say, because sometimes it would take her even longer than 45 minutes. So let's say it takes her an hour to finish eating. Then she falls asleep for 45 minutes to an hour and she's waking up and she wants to eat again. Mm. So it's like, I barely got any sleep before now you want to eat again. And you just ate two, uh, just started eating two hours ago. So it was like the first couple of months were just. I remember saying to myself, any other time in my life that I said I was exhausted, I was lying. Because that was true exhaustion. Because breastfeeding burns a lot of calories, too. So it's like you're you're nursing, you're burning calories, you're you're exhausted, like you worked out all day, constantly working out. Because nursing exudes so many calories. But you're literally just sitting. And I remember like, you know, because when you're breastfeeding, they get used to the body heat. So then you put them, try to put them down to, for them to go to sleep outside of or away from your body. And they just, she just won't, she wouldn't go to sleep. It was just, I felt like I was just had to hold her all the time. It got to a point where I would put her in my little front carrier just to be able to walk around and try to do anything. Mm. So it was exhausting. I mean, but I, I'm thankful for it. Uh, like uh, I, I look at back at that time at with smiles and laughs because it was hard. It was very difficult. But at the same time, it was just really nice to be able to sit and enjoy this new little little person that we've been given charge over, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess you look at it more fondly than I do. Like, I do appreciate her being a baby and things like that, but I look back and I just remember, you know, coming home from work late, things like that, and you sitting up half asleep with the baby, and you're just like, it's your turn to just 
she sleep, but just hold her so I can lay down for the next 30 minutes. Because in 30 minutes, you know, like you said, is every two hours. Whether it was nighttime or day, it didn't matter. So I get home at like three. She just finished. She sleep. You're nodding off. I walk in the door and I'm like, hey. And you're like, no, 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 no. Take the baby so I can lay down. So I hold the baby. It was about 30 to 45 minutes while you sleep. And then just, and then just like clockwork, you would wake up again, take the baby, feed her. And then I would lay, I would go to sleep. So that, that was, that was tough because I know I remember, you know, even with the crucible, uh, wasn't as hard as this. What's the crucible? I mean, I know what it is, but for the audience. Oh, so in the Marine Corps, it's a, it's essentially a 72 hour event where you get very, very little sleep. It's a training event that you do at the end of uh, basic training so that you can graduate boot camp, essentially. Mm -hmm. And you get very little sleep. I forget exactly what the number is, but it's very little sleep over those 72 hours. But even even that in comparison to having an infant, the sleep part. Yeah, is 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 easy because you didn't get sleep. But then me trying to support you, I didn't get sleep. So neither one of us was getting like a full night's sleep at any given time because sometimes you will wake up and I will wake up. Sometimes I wouldn't, but then there's other times where I'm trying to give you some time away from the baby. So I'm staying up a little later or trying to tend to the baby and let you sleep the extra five or 10 minutes, you know, because I couldn't breastfeed. So, you know, that was kind of a, kind of a hurdle right? as far as giving you the time and things like that. So it was, it was really, really tough. And even when we had our other two, that that time was not lost on me. That, you know, oh, having another child, we are re-entering this, this phase. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, the second and third time, I was way more prepared for it. Right. And, you know, especially because I was doing school and things like that late at night anyway. So I kind of conditioned myself to be up late and things like that. But I think... You know, the second and third one, because you're already, because you've already experienced it, even if it's a time gap between them, you know, you're a little more. You're a little more accustomed to it. Yeah. You kind yeah. of know what to expect a little exactly, bit. Exactly. Exactly. Where this first time around. We had no idea. No idea what, what to expect. And then me being overzealous with the, oh, I have to breastfeed and oh, I need to do this. I mean, it was helpful for her, and I know, you know, our all three of our kids have, like, great, like, they haven't been ill, like, they don't have, you know, any type of illnesses other than, you know, a little cold here and there, but, mm-hmm. it, I mean, it did its work, mm-hmm. um, and it was great bonding time, but it was absolutely 100% exhausting, mm-hmm. and... Like I said, I remember sitting up in tears, crying because I just felt like I smelled. I felt like I was just looking tore up in the face. I mean, I remember like, like I said, those breast pads like go so fast because like you said, when the baby cries, your boobs leak Mm -hmm. and they're leaking in the breast pad. And then if it's hot outside, because we had our first in May, so we were at an infant dumb when 
Summer. She was, it was summertime. Mm-hmm. And so if we were to go for a walk or anything, I'd come home and I'd just be like, I feel like I'm just dirty. I felt like I smelled like sour milk. And <laughs> I just always felt like I had vomit on me. Like I couldn't wear necklaces. Like it was just, I just felt beside myself. Oh, um, oh yeah. When she got grabby. Yeah. I, I mean, with uh, with our first, I didn't have like postpartum depression or anything like that but i do remember having baby blues which is kind of like the mild version of postpartum depression where it's just like i'm just super tired i don't feel like myself i always i just i remember feeling always feeling like i just wasn't clean enough because i just didn't feel like i could ever get as good of a shower as i wanted to and you know baby crying i need to feed her I need to do this. I need to do that. So it was a lot. Yeah, I remember. I remember um, when I was in that nesting phase, reading a couple of books specifically about postpartum depression because it was actually something that was um, on my mind and something I was worried about. The different mm-hmm. ways to recognize it, things to do about it, um, even some preemptive things to do. So. One of the things that I remember doing very explicitly when we first got home was um, continuing something that we did anyway, which is when we wake up greeting each other and asking each other, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, how'd you sleep or something like that. And um, it was interesting because when I was reading the book, it was saying that, you know, that's a great way to not let um, to help defend against postpartum depression because. It's something about the mom and not about the baby. Yeah, I remember you also making it very, um, or being very deliberate with people who would only ask about the baby. And like you would very deliberately say to them, make sure you ask about Mary. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like you were very deliberate about that, which I appreciated. Yeah. Because, and you know, it does. A lot of people will call the house and be like, how the baby doing? And don't bit more ask, you know, how are you? You know, how's mm-hmm. Mary? Like, mm-hmm. none of that. Mm-hmm. And they would do it often. And you would be very, no, don't just call here asking about the baby. We're still here. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're the people that are parenting this child. You can ask about us too. Ask about my wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's, and you know, not to, not to, jump on people too heavy but i know it's the excitement of the new baby but yeah that 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 was something that i i was very diligent in calling out i appreciate that uh boo because that was something that was near and dear to me because i was like to me that's the worst case scenario yeah you know so i was like and again in that realm of provision as a husband i feel like that's part of what husbands are supposed to provide that kind of no let me not necessarily be the bulldog but let me just call it out Mm -hmm. you know among friends and family in a because that's a that's an effort to protect right i'm trying to protect you know your your mental health at that point Mm -hmm. and i think that was a that was a really big calling card to me it was one of those things it was one of those few times that What's that book? What to expect mm-hmm. when you're thinking about expecting? What to expect when you're expecting? You added a whole other sentence. Yeah, yeah. That that book was real interesting. And then when when you bought that book, that's what made me start. Oh well, 
let me look up some th- some stuff. Let me educate myself a little bit. I mm-hmm. mean, we were living in the age of some kind of internet in 2008, so you know there was some information out there, and that w- that was a that was a big one. But then it was just so many things that I felt like all the people older than us that had kids just left out. You know, things See? that they don't even bother to share. Yeah, and I and I don't know if it's just oversight. Or, you know, in some cases, well, I had kids X number of years ago and I just don't remember. Mm -hmm. But it was a lot of stuff. I was like, man, I feel completely blindsided for to have cousins, aunts and uncles, you know. I mean, I don't have siblings, but, you know, even close in age cousins that had children. You know what I'm saying? And nobody. And And not having had any you don't know what you don't know exactly so you don't even know the questions to yeah, ask you don't know what to ask because you don't know what you don't know mm-hmm. so that's why like books like that became one of those like let me look at this and read and then use the book as kind of a guide to try to help you answer it but it, most of those books are written with rose colored glasses too exactly. so you don't get the if you're nursing, it's every you'll get to every two to three hours, but you don't get the and it might take 45 minutes for them to actually get their fill and fall asleep. So then you're actually only not feeding the baby for about an hour, mm-hmm. 12 hours a day. You're not feeding them, but 12 hours a day you are. And it's yeah. like, what the heck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I do know some some, you know, some women and it, it varies on like how much milk you produce because I do know some women who could nurse and then pump bottles worth of milk. Oh wow. For their um, babies. I wasn't blessed with mammary glands like that, but I mean, I did nurse exclusively for nine months Mm -hmm. with all three of them. Mm -hmm. Um, if I'm, if I remember correctly. And then you pumped too. Yeah. Yeah. Cause by the time we got to month, what was that? Four, I had to. I went back to work, so I did pump some. Like if if she ate on one side and then fell asleep, I couldn't just leave the other side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was not going to be a good look, so I would pump. And so I did have like quite a bit of milk in our deep freezer. Make sure you always use a deep freezer. If you don't have a deep freezer and you plan on breastfeeding, you need to get a deep freezer because the milk will last longer in the deep freezer than in the regular freezer. Yeah, I remember that when you went back to work and I was doing Mr. Mom being at home with the baby and you had set out the whole little schedule of when to feed her, stuff like that. And then we would have, you would take out the milk and put it in the regular freezer or something like that so it could start to thaw. And then put it in the refrigerator. Yeah, so I, I remember going through those routines. And that was... That was a great bonding time for for me and the baby when I was doing the, the Mr. Mom thing. Um, yeah. You know, because we would be at home mm-hmm. and uh, I got to deal with the cooing and the sleeping and things like that. But And we were beyond the every two hours exclusively stage. Exactly. Um, Which was critical. Yeah. To that. Because we, you know, we're blessed with having our baby right in May, which was what we wanted because I had saved up so much sick leave. I was in the classroom at the time teaching. So I had saved up enough to where 
she, if she was if our baby was born sometime in May, I could just continue to stay out mm-hmm. and wouldn't have you know lost pay at all, which we didn't, because mm-hmm. um, I had enough sick leave saved up so that from the time we I stopped working, because I think I ended up stopping, it may have been a week before I actually had her. Granted, I didn't know when I was gonna have her. I just put in my time to stop on like May ninth or something like that and she came about a week later and um i was able to be out all the way until the next school year started so Mm -hmm. that gave me a good i think it ended up being 13 weeks Mm -hmm. at home so i nursed exclusively for about 10 weeks and then that 10th week was when we started her with the bottle and it's very true they will not drink from a bottle right if away. they know that the mom is near. Mm-hmm. And even then, I had to like completely go in another room, close the door, and then she still wouldn't drink at first. It took about a week or week and a half before she got used to drinking from the bottle. Mm-hmm. And um, that was another whole experience. I know that you were excited about that. I remember you were excited that day, nervously excited to get to try to feed her because it was an exclusive me thing. Yeah. Um, up until that point. Yeah. And and I and I've been big on trying to bond with all of our kids on as deep a level as possible cuz I know it seems very innate that mothers and children have this connection or this bond and maternal instincts and things like that and I don't take anything from that and it's all natural and it's super fantastic and great. But I have been very diligent as a father to try to create some kind of emotional connection to the children. Um, so, yeah, I was really excited for that to to be the one to give her this bottle. And then, you know, again, getting to be with the coos and, um, you know, we're big on affirmations, even even pre-speech mm-hmm. you know so that was time to just talk to her and input you know you know fatherly wisdom would probably be a reach because at that point i had only been a father the length of time she had been alive but mm-hmm. you know but just, just speaking positivity yeah. over her and to her in positive ways yeah exactly and and <clears throat> you know making strong eye contact and things like that to let her know i'm here for your benefit type mm-hmm. type situation. So it was all those all those kind of things that I think were were hyper important. But yeah, I was I was terribly nervous because I don't have siblings and, you know, I hadn't been around a ton of babies, you know, outside of the normal, oh so and so had a baby. Oh, let me hold the baby. You're old enough to hold the baby, hold the baby. And then it's like, okay, here's your baby back mm-hmm. and that's it. So it's all it's all the highlight real stuff, right? Whereas at this moment, you know, this was the real deal. This is your child and it's it's all on you. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So it was a it uh even now I still sometimes feel like a high pressure situation with the kids. Where it's like hundred percent. You know, it's it's all on you. And um the other thing I think too, uh, going back a little bit to you know, the baby not sleeping and things like that. I do remember when she, when we were at that stage, well, maybe not going back because she was taking bottles at the time. Mm-hmm. So this, this was when we got to the stage where 
we would put her in the crib beside the bed and we could lay down. And if she wake up, one of us may have to get up. So we were in that taking turns stage. Mm -hmm. Oh, the baby's crying. It's your turn to get up X, Y, and Z. And uh, I remember it was, uh, you know, when we first got to that stage and we were easing into the idea of putting her in the crib and stuff like that. I just remember thinking about the fact that this was a permanent situation. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, the baby's here now. <laughs> and this is your baby. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to get up because this is your baby. Mm-hmm. This is not like when you babysit your nieces. Yeah, we had our nieces a lot. Yeah. But we'd have them for like a week, week. or two. Yeah. And, like, All right. and then they go home, right? This is like, no, this is your child. And I remember telling you, like, she's not, she's never going home. <laughs> and you were like... <laughs> Neil, this is home. This is home. <laughs> she is home. And I was just like, really? Like, I remember thinking, I remember that conversation very vividly because I was like, I was really exhausted and, you know, doing school and work and all that kind of stuff. And then, I mean, we had a good laugh about it. But yeah, later, it yeah. was a really good laugh. But at the moment, it, because I think it was the first time that it really dawned on me. Like, I knew the baby was here and things like that but as we got into the whole the baby don't sleep as much as you think or um even the stuff that i didn't understand at the time that you illuminated me to like the baby's day night cycles Mm -hmm. you know may not be the same as your day night cycles at first so you know so it's like oh to them they just wake up and want to eat they don't care what time it is or like i'm hungry feed me yeah and or even when they're in the crib, they wake up, they up, and they just want to do whatever they want to do mm-hmm. while they're awake, you know, and, and all those kind of things. And then the 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 roulette game of why is the baby up? Is the baby gassy? Is the baby hungry? Do you need to change the diaper? Mm-hmm. You just want to sit and talk a little bit? Like all of those little things, you know, every time the baby cried would just, you know, it'll suck away hours. You know, even though the baby's in the crib, if the baby wake up, you could burn two, three hours trying to figure out how to get the baby back to sleep. Yep. You know, and if that happened in the middle of the night and then you up, you get the baby back to sleep, then it's off to work or or the sun is up and your day starts. Yep. And you working with a couple of hours of sleep. Yeah. Now you're exhausted. Just to repeat that again, even though the baby's not in the bed with Mm -hmm. us per se. And even then, sometimes the best solution was just put the baby in the bed with us, yep. <laughs> which was a, a whole nother thing, right? Because then you like you nervous when you sleep, yeah, like sleeping lightly, super light things like that. Any little thing touch you, you wake up, you jumping up, like well, is that the baby? So that that was really interesting. But yeah, it it was a really good time uh, when when I got to feed the baby, and then I I did really enjoy. Uh, the Mr. Mom scenario is one of those things that um, I I think I wish I could have done with the other two, like as explicitly as I did with mm-hmm. with our oldest, because mm-hmm. um, it was great. It was just me and her, and we slowly developed a routine, mm-hmm. which was fun and really difficult starting out. You know, to have that routine, especially because. Even for me, 
you were like my security blanket over the summer. Mm-hmm. So even the times I'm feeding the baby, it's like, well, she's right in the other room. Yeah, if she or, won't eat, then Mary I, can just come feed yeah, her. I can just do this or, you know, so at that point when you went back to work, it was really like, oh, no, dad, it's all you. Right. And the baby needs to eat and take naps and, you know, all those kind of things. And, uh, you know, remember she used to like sometimes when she drinking the bottle and you get the little runoff and it run under her neck. Mm-hmm. So then you got to remember to clean under her little and neck. And she was a chunky little thing too. <laughs> yeah, that exactly. That little neck meat. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And all her little creases and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's like all those kind of things. And then um, I think we only had the one car at the time or something like that because I remember coming to pick you up from work. Yeah, sometimes. On a regular basis. Yeah. I think we did only have one because I think you would take me to work, come back home. Mm-hmm. Which which did help because it was short in the day, mm-hmm. because at that point like we would drive and we would get there early. I would feed her before I got out, mm-hmm. and then, um, you know, I'd be at work. I'd have to pump while I was at work, mm-hmm. and then you would get get there in the afternoon. Come in. I would feed her before we would drive drive back home, and then we would drive back home. Mm-hmm. But, I, I mean, just to backtrack a little bit, like, just the idea of going back to work, that was tough for me. Yeah, that's exactly what I was about to ask. Like, like, what was that like? That was really, really hard because, I mean, at that point, it was just the three of us, mostly at home on a daily basis. It was just me and her and, you know, feeding her and taking care of her. Again, after about, I guess it was maybe around the eight-week mark where it kind of began began to feel normal where your body just kind of adjusts to the lack of sleep and everything Mm -hmm. and so it wasn't as you know cry worthy exhausting as it was on like week number one so it was like you know we had gotten into a routine but then there's this instant like connection protection that that i that i felt Cause I remember even the first time going to the Seven Eleven by myself, I cried. Now, granted, the Seven Eleven was we could walk, and I drove, <laughs> and it was like the baby was like maybe three weeks old, and I drove over there. And by the time I got there, I cried because I was like, I shouldn't be away from my baby. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, this is ridiculous. That's like, like it, a one minute drive from where yeah, we live. Yeah, but the like, thing is like. You know, when you're in your mind and you're crying and you know why you're crying, but then your mind is also saying, this is absolutely ridiculous. Why are you crying? And so then I got back to the house. I was literally gone maybe 15 minutes. And by the time I got back, I was I had to sit in the car and get myself together for a few seconds because I was like, I can't go in there crying. <laughs> That's funny. But, I, you know, so it was like when I had to go back to work, that first day was tough. Like I remember having to go in the bathroom and lock my door. Um, cause you know, teachers go back to work before the kids do. So it wasn't like I had kids there, but you know, when you're first going back, you got people coming in and out of the room all the time. I had to lock the door cause I would be in there just bawling out crying because I missed the baby and I was like, oh, what am I doing? I have to do this and pump. And and it was it was tough. That first week, first couple of weeks were really hard, you know, because 
you have that extra pull and it was like I couldn't even explain it just you feel like you're supposed to be doing something else is that is that the what they call now the the mom the mommy penalty or whatever did you feel that at work or is it because teaching is a predominantly female. Yeah, because female it's predominantly group. female, I didn't really feel that. The only pressures that I felt were like trying to make time and space to pump and then store my milk in a, in a manner that was not going to have it go bad. Um, because I'm, Because you're in the teaching profession, you're responsible for upwards of 20 kids plus... You can't just go to the bathroom whenever you want to pump. And so for me, you know, there was only two times a day that I could. And that was when the kids were in resources, which were like, we call them resources where I taught, which were PE, art, music. And then at lunchtime. And Mm -hmm. so if some, like if there was a meeting during the resource block, I didn't get to pump during that time. So then at lunchtime, I'd have to go in my room and lock the door to try to... You know, make sure I was given the opportunity to pump. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was it was a, a a hard thing to try to balance out because you know if you don't pump, you start to dry up, mm-hmm. and you don't want that to happen either. So, I mean, it was it was a hard thing to juggle, juggle, um, going back to work and being responsible for you know the other kids and trying to make time to be responsible for your own at the same time. Mm-hmm. It was it was hard. What I what I remember most about that time was the conversation around were you going back to work and us weighing the pro cons between the job I had at the time and you going back to work. Uh and I remember that being a tough conversation because that's one of those times when man pride gets in the way. Mm-hmm. Cuz you're like well, I'm the provider, I'm this, I'm that, I'm the third. You know what I'm saying? But when we late when we had that conversation and we literally just laid out the, the pro con benefits, it's like, well, our health insurance and the new baby's health insurance, it's all better over here. Whereas it was so good in fact that I didn't even elect to take the health insurance on the job I was on at the time because we were like if I don't do that, I get to bring home more money. Right. You know, because it wasn't like some of the other employers where it was like free for you. No, it would, it, it would have cost us more money. Yeah. So it's like, no, it's better that you don't take the health insurance. And then when the baby came, it's like now we got the baby on on the health insurance. But you didn't take the health insurance. So it would do us better for me to go back to work, meaning you at the time. Mm-hmm. And so for you to go back to work and for me to just quit, essentially. Uh, and that and that's how we ended up in the that's how I ended up in the Mr. Mob scenario mm-hmm. because it was definitely just a this is better for us overall, you know, even though you gotta kinda swallow your man pride. I mean, I did a good job of keeping myself busy, you know, during the day because, you know, sitting at home with a baby can can eat at your confidence as a man too if you're not careful right. so you know making yourself useful 
was was a big a big deal to me. So and you did. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that I don't remember you doing a lot of was like cooking dinner. Yeah, but but I like did the prep work though. Yeah, you you would make sure mm-hmm. that I had out what I needed to prepare dinner if it was something that you could do before you would have to leave to come get us because you also had that mm-hmm. where um, you would have that out. But I mean, like we said a little bit ago. You took me to work, so that's getting you back at the house at about nine thirty, mm-hmm. and then by about three, you're leaving mm-hmm. to come get me. So you really only had about six hours at home, mm-hmm. just you and the baby. Mm-hmm. So you know, in that six hours, she was gonna be hungry a bunch of times. You were gonna have to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you mm-hmm. would, you know, several. do the laundry and stuff like that. Yeah. So that was a big help. Yeah. And it was several diaper changes in that mix. Yeah. And and the thing, too, the thing to remember, too, at this point, we were living in that townhouse. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have laundry. Nope. So, so you had to go, go to, to the laundromat. laundromat. You know. <laughs> so lugging the clothes and the baby to the laundromat. Getting them washed. So it was a couple of times that, you know, <clears throat> I would get home. I would get home and be in a whirlwind. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, there was a few times we would you would drop me off with the laundry in mm-hmm. in the car so that you could, you know, just stop back mm-hmm. on the way back home. Mm-hmm. And we had to be equipped with bottles and all that. Mm-hmm. It was just a whole thing. It was, it was. I did learn how to pack a bag near the end. Mm-hmm. Near the end, I learned how to prep the baby bag for us on laundry day. Which was which was which was really interesting. Uh, it's a skill that I've long lost now, but <laughs> I do remember being able to take the the brown bag that you had, mm-hmm. and I knew oh I can put this bottle in. I I need this many bottles, and I'll I need to be out approximately this amount of time because too much longer than that the baby gonna get cranky because it's gonna be close time to eat again. But I got to get this done so I can you know beat traffic to get to the school. X, Y, and Z. So it was a really, it really, it did, it did really help put in perspective um, time management and things like that mm-hmm. when it came, because the baby is a clock. Right. And she would go off in a heartbeat on, oh, it's time to eat it's right funny cause now. It's funny because she's like that even still right, right now. <laughs> like, you could tell. 12 years later. 12 years later, she is very much like clockwork mm-hmm. all three of them are but she really is mm-hmm. like, I, re- that. I remember that conversation too when we when when the baby first when we when you got on to i guess maternity leave and we were just talking about babies and things like that and we were saying that one of the things that we thought you know new parents never having kids we were like we do think having a routine will be good for the baby and for us. Yeah, we said it. I mean, as much as you can before as you know. As much as you can, yeah. But I still made it a point to try to get her on a schedule. I mean, granted, like we said, the first couple of weeks was like... Impossible. You can't do Shock anything. and awe. Yeah, like, what you just survived. Right. Like, calling people and you're like, we still alive, baby's still alive. Mm-hmm. We Everybody's eating. Mm-hmm. We're not stanky not that we can tell and <laughs> we're we're making it but after that after about six weeks or so like we were i was hardcore in the we got to create the schedule mm-hmm. 
and which was interesting because then when you went back to work, I had to maintain that schedule. Yeah, and I had it all written out, like exactly what I would do and what she would eat and when and when I would check the diaper to make sure she hadn't gone. And I mean, it was, and it, I mean, it ultimately became a help because it set up, you know, like you just said a minute ago, routine. Mm -hmm. And it's a routine that we've kind of stayed with with mm -hmm. all three so like now anybody that comes by our house or anyone that's listening that's been around us any given amount of time they know certain times of day what we're doing mm -hmm. and it's very much the same schedule that we had from when our first was six months old mm -hmm. like it hasn't really altered much but just to just to call out you had it all written down but it still was a a feat for me to execute. Yeah, I'm sure. Because it was still one of those things where it's like... And then you have to tweak it for yourself too. Yeah. Like whatever works for you. Yeah, which was interesting because you still want to keep the spirit of it because, you know, I didn't want her to nap too long because mm -hmm. then that means she's going to stay up later. But I didn't want her nap to be too short because then on the drive to pick you up, she gonna be cranky. Yeah, you know, or she will fall asleep if she didn't get a good nap, get enough nap earlier. Mm -hmm. So fall asleep on the drive to pick me up, and then get there, and then she won't want to eat because she's too sleepy. Right, and then she get up ten minutes after the drive to come back home, starting hungry. Mm -hmm. And there's and there's nothing worse than being stuck in Hampton Roads traffic with a crying baby. Yeah, because that's happened a couple of times yep. too, where we just sitting there like. And then I'm crying, baby crying. crying. You you leaking all at yeah. the same time, and then it's like, <laughs> it's like, then you're like, well, I'm gonna just crawl in the back. Yeah, I'm gonna just then, like forget you, it. You crawl but, in the back but, and whatever to the law. We, <laughs> we, we out take, here. This baby crying. We ain't moving no more than five miles an hour. We out here. We in the back. Booby just out. We eat. out. I, I was so glad that the back. The back of Snowball had tenant windows yep. when when you would do that because I was just like, but we out here and it's just like what you, what are you gonna do? It's really you really didn't have no choice. You know what I'm saying? You're not gonna let the baby just sit back there and scream for an X amount of time. You don't know how long you're gonna be stuck mm -hmm. in in traffic sometimes. So it was definitely uh, a Robinson adventure for sure. And then. Um, the, the other thing that I, I wanted to call out too was um, when when we got to that point where, you know, she she was a little older and she was eating, I think it was like rice cereal or something like that mm -hmm. in the bottle and stuff like that. And we had started feeding her. I never did that. Put it in the bottle. What was the, what, what did we start with? It was it like was rice, but it was, it was like um, rice cereal that we, but I, we would feed it to her in a bowl. Yeah, yeah. When when we got to that stage, that's when everything started to level out. Yeah. When she started eating solid food, yeah, because then she would sleep a little longer, and we would give her like really finely grated up oatmeal, mm -hmm. but really soupy. Yeah, or the the green stuff. Or we would give her green beans. Yeah, the baby food or whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that was that was that was when everything uh, started taking a turn. And I did and, try my hand at making some. I won't lie and say that with her, we didn't buy, because we certainly did buy some foods with her. I think with our last two, I didn't buy any baby food at all. Mm -mm. But with the first, um, I did, I tried, I made some, and then I bought some. I think it was more because I 
because I was working at the time. It yeah. just became a time thing. I just did not have the time that I thought I would to be able to be all extra, extra. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, all extra organic and yeah. stuff. But I, but it was one of those things that when when that when we took that turn and she started eating solids, that's I think when uh, not necessarily my confidence level, but that's when I was like, okay, we got a handle on this. Yep. Uh, and then her times between eating um, became a little bit longer because she was full longer, mm-hmm. so it wasn't. As often, once we started introducing solid food. Mm-hmm. But I tell you what used to really get on my nerves. The daggone, um, the little thing that we had that you put the diapers in so they don't stink the up the diaper house. genie. Man, I used to hate that thing. Yeah, it would get so full so fast. It would get full so fast because her little body would eat and poop. All, it Super felt like regular. at the same time. But the thing, like, that's the way you're supposed to be. Yeah, even but as an just, adult. But it just felt, it just felt And then you do crazy. like, you know, baby um, breast milk metabolizes quickly. Mm-hmm. So it, like she was going to go pretty often. I used to be like, man, you finish this bottle and then just poop. It's almost like the, <laughs> our daughter's baby alive that she got now. They go in and just drop right out the mm-hmm. bottom. And, I, and the thing that used to bug me about it was once it's set up, you feel like, oh, I got time. And it's going to fill up. But then it felt like in two days, you know, I got to empty it. It won't even two days. That's what it, if, if it, you know what I'm saying? It felt like. It was like we started on, on a Monday by Tuesday midday. Yeah. <laughs> We're changing it out. I got to change like it every out. Every day. You know? Depending on what she would eat. And then you got to do the little bag thing in inside again. Not that it was super difficult, but you got to tie the bottom yeah, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, tie the knot and then just push it down a little bit. And then if you mean, you're trying to... Because, you know, it's just like a long bag, essentially. Yeah. So you're trying to cut it, but then you're trying to tie it as close to the bottom as so you can. So you don't have to keep using refills. Yeah, so you don't have to keep buying refills. And it was just like, man. Well, we had so many of those. I struggled with But that it thing. worked, though. Cause it did. You couldn't you smell could, nothing. You could tell what it smelled like when you go to take that drain out, though. Yeah. You go, woo, mm-hmm. Lord. Mm-hmm. But, that, yeah. That was, that was an adventure for me because I used to be like, and I remember when you used to be like diaper genies full again. I used to be like, man, this thing. And we ended up getting two. We mm-hmm. had one in the bedroom and then one like in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Downstairs just, and yeah, upstairs. Just so we could have it um, in little, two different places. And, and more conveniently located. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to hike up the stairs every time they have a diaper or whatever. Yeah. But that one, that thing was, a, was, man, that thing was amazing. The other thing that tripped me out too is um, with an infant is how quickly they grow. Cause yeah, man, that's crazy. I remember the baby shower. We basically asked for diapers, and we got a couple of ones. But you were very specific that you didn't want a lot of ones. And even out of the yeah, I remember you asking like, "Why are you asking for all these different sizes?" I'm yeah, because. Like, I've been around because I had been around babies more than you had because mm-hmm. I, you know, always had loved to work with children. So I'm like, these babies don't stay in these sizes for long. And then all the books that I had read, like it was talking about the different sizes in the different months. And I'm like, no, nah, if I, I need at least a couple boxes in each size up to like a three or a four, because 
you never know they have a growth spurt and one day they in one and the next day of one they pooping all on the side of it because if you have a too small diaper roll that's what's gonna happen mm. all up all, back. yeah all up man we had so many blowouts and mm. those weren't because the diaper was small that's just because they get explosive sometimes and they mm. push and then they just be everywhere and mm. like my goodness child mm. I remember so many times having to wash the, the, the car seat, mm-hmm. the the the, in the cloth part of the car seat because mm-hmm. she didn't have a blowout in the car seat on mm. the way somewhere. Mm. And then the clothes, four or five pairs of clothes for any anything. You go into the store, take four pairs of clothes with you. I remember there were some outfits I just threw in the trash. I was like, I'm not going to... <laughs> I'm not dealing with this. She got too many clothes mm-hmm. for me to be scrubbing poop out with my hands. Mm. I'm not doing it. Mm. Yeah, I remember. I remember that. That that was something crazy because uh, I remember the first time it happened. I was like, "How in the world did this happen?" Then, <laughs> I remember you were like, "Hi, go up the that, front." Yeah, how you, how did that work? <laughs> that she got poop on her chest. I was like, "This." The way anatomy works, this is this don't this ain't <laughs> this don't make sense. yeah this don't compute you know like let's try funny. this again. So that that was really that was a part of the adventure too. But then you know as they as they move and and grow and start to pull up on stuff, that's when you know you start seeing their little personality when they start dancing and mm-hmm. start responding to stimulus and. Uh, for me, the, the the exciting thing, the the two most exciting things for me with with babies in that infant stage is when they respond to you, and when they start problem solving. Yeah. When you see them encounter an obstacle, and you don't necessarily move it, it's not dangerous, and you just watch them try to mitigate it. You know, it could be as simple as, you know, um, them rolling over. And they roll over and there's a pillow there. What do they do with that mm-hmm. pillow? You know what I'm saying? Oh, and they see, like, a, a, our oldest had a favorite little book that she would like to attack and eat and spit all over. Mm-hmm. And we purposefully put it on, like, beyond an obstacle, whether it was, like, on just on the other side of the crib or mm-hmm. behind the pillow where she could see it, but couldn't readily just grab it and see what they would do what she would do to try to get to it yeah and watching her just problem solve is a thing of of amazement Mm -hmm. for me to watch her problem solve and then and then i remember um you know one of the things i used to do to keep my hands free when she was really small was sit with my legs crossed Mm -hmm. in the floor and cuddle her right there like once i get her to fall asleep Mm -hmm. but more times than not Getting her to fall asleep meant I had to take a nap too, mm-hmm. because I would lay her down, and or I'm holding her and trying to get her to sleep. I would close my eyes. And the next like I'm trying know. to I'm trying to model the behavior, <laughs> right? That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, oh, I know what I need to do. You're Let me close my eyes, eyes, and then she'll see my eyes, eyes closing closed. out, and then she'll go to sleep. And then the next thing you know, you sleep. Yeah, exactly. That used to happen all the time. Mm-hmm. But I used to be like, all right, it's time to take a nap, and I will hold her. You know, and I'll be cuddling her, and she just ate. So I'm like, oh, I know sleepy time coming. And I'll just, you know, have her in the little glider rocker that you had. Mm-hmm. And I'll just rock her gently. And then she'd just be looking at me, eyes all wide. And I'm like, nah, you need to take a nap. 
And then she just be looking at me like, nah, we going to talk today, daddy. And then I said, I know what I need to do. I'll close my eyes and then I'll peek. And I'll see her eyes close a little bit. I'm like, that's what I need to do. If I close my eyes, she going to close hers. And then before I know it, I'm waking up. Yeah, you're waking up. <laughs> and you're like, oh, snap. How long have you been asleep? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It was, it's, it's fun times. It's, it's great. Once you survive the first couple of weeks, yeah. it's hyper rewarding. And I think that's I think that's the reason why, you know, we ended up having more. Because mm-hmm. if that, because I remember asking that question early on, too. The first couple of weeks, I remember saying, Mary, how long is this supposed to last? Right. How long do we have to suffer and like really, this? I'm looking at you like, I don't know. Because I'm like, if this is going to be three three months or more, we ain't having no more kids <laughs> is what I was thinking in my mind. But, you know, once you get past that, I think, at least for me, every moment past those first, what you say? Three, three, three to four weeks. Yeah, that first month to two months. Every single thing past that has been nothing but a joy and a blessing yeah. to watch this human grow and evolve and have their own thoughts and challenge ideas and mm-hmm. challenge thoughts and make you mad and make you extremely happy all mm-hmm. at the same time. Yep, it's pretty amazing. It is. just, And then, you know, realizing that there is no such thing as normal. Like... It always just, it's constantly changing. Like, the only normal is that change is constant. Because when they're an infant, it shakes up what you used to know as normal when you first get them home. And Mm -hmm. then three, four weeks after that, it changes again. And then a couple of weeks after that, it changes again. Like, you know, the sleep patterns change. The eating habits change. I don't like this food. Now now I like that food. Like, it's always a constant change. Mm-hmm. So, like, just settling into the fact that things are just going to constantly change was probably a beneficial mindset to have. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And like you said, even eating habits. Because I remember it was these puff things that she liked at mm-hmm. one point, And we had a ton of them. And then one day she didn't like them. Yeah, she was just and throwing them on the floor. And it's like, just like, well, well, you, you liked it yesterday. Yeah, what are we going to do with the rest of these right. things? Or like you were saying before, a growth spurt hit. Mm-hmm. And now she, she just wants to eat. Oh, man. Then you go back to the... Week number one, where they want to eat every two hours, mm-hmm. when them growth spurts hit, boy, mm-hmm. and they and cluster eat, where they eat, 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 and then they be knocked out for a couple of hours, and they eat, 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 and you're like, oh my gosh, what in the world? And none of their clothes fit, and none, and like they go to sleep wearing a six to nine month, they wake up wearing nine to twelve, and you're like, you just wore this three days ago, I just washed it, and now it don't fit no more. Might as well have not washed it right. at that point. Should have just. Kept it out and switched my closet because now all those clothes don't fit anymore. Yep. So that that that's infants are amazing, and it's a it's a the one the one thing that I learned with infants that was a big hurdle for me is the fact that they're nonverbal. Mm-hmm. So that roulette game that I was talking about earlier of trying to figure it out was really 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 tough for me because. I even even then I used to be like, well, what's wrong? 
knowing that she couldn't, right. she wouldn't say anything back. But that that's just how I felt about the situation. It was just tell me what's wrong, and it's just like nope. Start from the top. Yep. You did just you ate. <laughs> Are you wet or did you poop? Yep. Does your stomach hurt? hurt. Like, cause that was that. I mean, we didn't have any issues with any of them with like them being overly gassy or anything like that but sometimes they just needed to poop mm-hmm. and then we would mm-hmm. make them pass gas and then they would be good mm-hmm. or or sometimes if they would they, be too hot sometimes yep, it would be too hot, too hot. feet covered mm-hmm. i remember when we discovered that that you know she didn't necessarily like her feet covered mm-hmm. at all when she hit a certain size um one of the things that i figured out too um, when it was Mr. Mom time was sometimes she needed a double burp. Like you pat her back, she burped once and you're like, Oh, you good. She got starts to nod off and then I guess it's still in there or it didn't come it out completely. And then she, and you know, cause she do the little wiggle, the mm-hmm. little dance and then, then you, Oh, you do it again. And then she burp again. And usually she's fine. I think, too, is interesting, too, like, in spending that extended time with her, I did start to hear the different cries. Mm-hmm. So I knew a poop cry from a hungry cry. Right. Which was really, which was really interesting, too. There's a real special moment when... When you can start to differentiate look, what it is that they can communicate. Look, when I got that, I felt like Spider Man. <laughs> I was Spidey just, sense. Yeah, I was just like, "Oh, that's a that's a I'm hungry cry." Okay, I got you, boo. I can feed you. And then other times it was, "Oh, I get it. Let me go get the diapers." Like, oh, you change you let's go change your change your butt. Yeah, before it's up your back. So yeah. Really amazing stuff. Really amazing stuff. Yeah, that infant stage is, is a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And, and it's funny, as they get older, how much you miss it. Yeah. Outside of the sleep part. I'll never... I'll You'll never hear me say those first couple of weeks are anything but a survival mode as a parent. Everything after those first couple of weeks is fantastic. <laughs> so if I can get the non-survival mode weeks, I would take them in a heartbeat. Yeah, it's funny. So did you have anything else you wanted nope, to say? That was it. It was fun. Mm-hmm. Probably going to watch a couple of her little videos now mm-hmm. when she was a little itty bitty. Mm-hmm. You want another one? No, thank you. You sure? Positive. Okay. R3 is a... A fantastic number. Mm-hmm. Well, all right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Remember, share, like, comment, retweet. Subscribe to our podcast, please. And we are on Instagram. If you can find us at 9-7-Podcast, we'd love to hear from you on there. Yep. And thanks again, everyone. Bye, guys. Bye.